There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irvin Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Hi, everybody. Just dropping in to say that today's episode is a release from our Patreon vault that was originally released April 30th, 2021. If you would like access to all of our bonus episodes, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash tsdwpodcast or just enjoy this little taste of what that life might be like. We will be back next week with a regular episode. Until then, Happy New Year. We love you a lot. Enjoy. This is Emily, Henley, and Sammy, and you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Too Scary Didn't Watch, April bonus episode number two. Number two, baby. Number two. Here it is. The second one. You picked the movie. Um, which is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's true. You did. Uh, you had a lot of well, Tony had so many freaking suggestions for spooky movies. Oh, my, I didn't even know there were that many movies in the world, and you suggested <laughs> them all. How many suggestions did we get? Didn't we get almost a hundred or something we like that? We definitely did. Yes, we got like that's wild eighty something comments, and some of you recommended more more than one movie. It's a lot of movies. A lot of movies. Don't worry, we've added them all to our like to do list, which again could take years. <laughs> could take years. <laughs> <laughs> but fret not, they'll they'll come eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one that won is The Grudge, the 2004 Grudge, Don't Worry, not Don't worry. the remake. We did get a lot of people very worried that we would do the 2020 yes. version. Yes. When I made the polls, I used an image from the remake unknowingly. Ah. Uh, and I think people really were stressed about that. They were so stressed. <laughs> I think generally speaking, Tony Heads and... I I may end up being wrong about this, but when we pitch a movie, we mean the original. Yeah. I think in general, right? Unless Usually, yeah. Unless we say, like, we might do One Day the Evil Dead remake. But that's because we already did the original Evil Dead. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 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 And that's a lesson for me as well, who has mistakenly done. (laughs) This is mostly friendly that we're saying. Watch the wrong version of the movie in the past. This is mostly just a reminder for me. (laughs) To be fair, this is the 2004 version is also a remake of the original Japanese version. Oh, okay. Well, forget everything I said. So I was going to say, you know, maybe that's not true. Maybe that's not true. But this time right now. 2004 Grudge, which is apparently the middle grudge. (laughs) Um, It was directed by Takashi Shimizu, written by Steven Susko, based on the aforementioned original film that was written by Takashi Shimizu, starring, buckle up, (laughs) 
Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I forgot. I forgot. We're about to go back to 2004, a real time capsule. Sarah oh Michelle Geller. Oh my God. <gasps> Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Jason Bear, who I don't know if you guys, he's maybe not as much of a name, but he was the star of Roswell, which I was a big fan of. Okay. Uh, Clea Duvall. Is it Clea? Oh, it's Clea. Clea Duvall. Also, big 2004. That was a good time for her. That was a good time. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Also, I think now is a really good time for her. That's true. She's she's kind of killing it. She's directing. She, rules. she uh, married my friends. She officiated their wedding. So good time for Clea. <laughs> good time for Clea. Uh, Bill Pullman. What? <laughs> and then these ones are not going to be as 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 memorable names, but uh, William Mapother, Katie Strickland, Grace Zabriskie. Takako Fuji, Yuya Ozeki, and Ryo Ishibashi. Okay. I'm so excited. This is a movie that I I don't really know anything about other than this movie came out in peak me channel surfing alone Mm -hmm. at night in my house. Like, because I would have been in middle school or early high school. 2004? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I would have been 13, which is like peak. I'm, I don't have a babysitter, but I still am scared and I'm home alone and something scary goes on the TV and I freak <laughs> out. Um, this movie was a big one for me that I was like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, no, 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 look oh, at it, look no, at it. Oh, no, um, So I'm excited to be a, a grown up and I can hear about it now. I somehow never saw this movie until <gasps> this week. I don't oh, know wow. why I never, I never have seen it. I saw The Ring in theaters and for some reason just skipped the grudge did they come out around the same time the ring came out in 2002 and kind of spurred you saw the ring in theaters in 2002 (sighs) i did and you know what's so weird is like i don't remember being scared of it i remember thinking it was really cool and when the horse jumped off the boat i was like how did they do that (laughs) oh my god what a a mature young child you were (laughs) samantha because you would have been like 12 yeah, 13, I think. 13 then? Oh, my God. That's insane, Sammy. It's really weird. I don't, I can't, I can't, I can't explain it. Because I didn't, I didn't love horror movies at that time. But you I were, that you one. were pretty punk at that time, though, right? I you was were very pretty punk. punk. We've seen the pictures. <laughs> you were pretty punk. So, I mean. You, you were, can handle it. You could handle it. You were, you weren't some, like, wilting flower, you know? Like, <laughs> no. you were fucking pretty punk. punk. That's exactly. That's you're absolutely right. Well, I was Emily, just like you at home, scared because also when I in 2004, that's when my family got cable, which was very exciting for me. Oh, but shit. It, but it also meant that like the ring and the grudge and all those movies would be on HBO all the time. Yeah. And so I would be like, I would dare myself. I would be like, Henley, just just hop in for a second. Take just a look. Peek. Just take. Just take a peek. Just take a peek. <laughs> and then I would. And then I would get way too scared. And then change it back to you know VH1 vi- music videos. Yeah, it's yeah. the only so thing VH1 I really watched. VH1 and MTV were parental control locked on my. Are you TV serious? Yeah. <laughs> my parents I, I did, did not know how to do any. Did too not know sexy. how to do anything of that. Too sexy. I was not allowed. To, so I was like so that just like triggered me remembering how fucking left out and dorky I felt about the fact that I like couldn't watch music videos. I couldn't watch music videos. I couldn't watch TRL. Yeah, that's pretty lame. 
That's it's that's lame. pretty. I was that's pretty lame, lame of your parents. Not gonna lie, if, you, if, if Emily's parents, if you're listening, that was I a lame they choice. Are. They, they are. Guys. They are. Guys. <laughs> they both separately joined. Tony separately I love you so much. You did a really good job as parents. But like, if you were to do it again, I think let me watch MTV. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, I didn't have cable, so I it was not not allowed. But I just couldn't watch it. So I'd get so excited going to friend's house to watch mm-hmm. VH1 mm-hmm. and MTV. I'd be like, "Ooh, put it on, put it on. Let's not talk. Let's just watch this." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was similarly. If I went to friends' houses, it was with that and junk food. Where I'd be like, "Hi, it's really nice to hang out with you. Can I have all your snacks and watch yeah, TV? Yeah, yeah. Snacks, snacks, snacks. <laughs> Yum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but so yeah, the grudge was the next kind. The Ring spurred all these remakes of Japanese horror films, mm-hmm. and The Grudge was kind of the next one, I believe. And its budget was ten million. Opening weekend, forty million. Holy shit! And to date, one hundred and eighty-seven million. Holy shit! That's so, a big return. Yeah, it. The sequel, The Grudge Two, was greenlit on the Monday after the opening weekend. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Um, and unlike the other Japanese horror remakes like The Ring, Dark Water, Pulse, and One Missed Call, this was the only film that actually remained in Japan instead of moving the story to America, which is interesting. Mm. Um, before filming, the cast and crew went through a ceremony where they ble- where they were blessed so that nothing bad could happen to them for filming, which, you know, we've done our Cursed Films episode Seems like they had heard some of the cursed filmed rumors. I mean, nice to know that you could just bless yourself and then everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, but better More safe than sorry. Do that. Better safe than sorry. Yeah. Better safe than sorry. Yeah. Wait, isn't Sarah Michelle Geller still married to Freddie Prince Jr.? Yes. You better fucking believe it. Oh, I love that. I, I love, love it. That. I fucking love that. They have like two kids, three kids. They've been, they're so under the radar. I don't even know. I, I don't know. know I will say. I, don't know. I will say. I did audition for a commercial a couple of years ago that it was like they. It was a Super Bowl ad, and it, they're like, "So we have already cast Sarah Michelle Gellar, but in case she bails, we are auditioning for to like do." It. And it was like, "What the fuck is?" It? And then guess what? Sarah Michelle Gellar did the commercial. <laughs> like, I, I don't. It was so weird. Anyway, that's just what I think about when I think about her now. I'm like. What was that about? <laughs> like, is she notorious for bailing on commercial like, or something? Why? If you have Sarah Michelle Gellar, what am I doing here? Yeah, what's the point? <laughs> like, what am I doing? That's great. Anyway. But yeah, I think they're very happily married and good for them. Well, speaking of happily married people, Jason Bear met Katie Strickland on the set of this film, despite not sharing any scenes together, and they got married two years later, and they are also still married to this wow. day. They didn't have any scenes together, but somehow they met somehow. by doing the same movie. Yeah. <laughs> of course they met. <laughs> Good for them. Our love story is what this movie is. Yeah, it's that's a love what this story. is. It's a that's love right. story. Um, This one is really funny. So you guys probably remember the infamous, maybe you don't, the like, shower scene where the yeah. hand comes out of the hair. Vaguely. I guess that's what we used the I like, little I, image for in the poll. I have a mental picture, yeah. Um, well, while filming the infamous shower scene, Sarah Michelle Gellar discovered she was allergic to Japanese water and it, as it caused her skin to itch. So to properly film the scene safely, 
Geller was dressed in black, hefty garbage bags from the waist down and a little tube top. <laughs> like, what? Wait, how are you allergic to Japanese top? water? What's oh, up sorry. with Japanese I'm, water? I'm allergic to Japanese water. It's kind of a, um, just the thing about me is um, Japanese water specifically, I'm very allergic. What is that? What I've never heard of that before in my I life. I mean, I'm, I'm less concerned about that and more concerned about why they thought a tube top would do anything. A tube top is not water repellent. No, it's just yeah. Cloth. Couldn't they just put a put a filter on the shower heads? I don't know. Anyway, interesting. Okay, well that's interesting. Um, and this is a, a spooky one. The type of ghost that Kayako and Toshio are is based on the Japanese legend of the of the Onryo, a vengeful spirit that can actually physically manifest itself to attack and kill victims. And I feel like we may, might have mentioned that as well in the ring because that it sounds kind of familiar. familiar yeah. Me. So an unreal. Ooh, that's scary. Scary, Spooky. scary. Did, did did it scare you, Sammy? Watching watching it. You know, y- yeah. There was a few jump scares that got me, but I if I had seen this movie in two thousand four, it would have fucking destroyed me. Yeah, I would have mm-hmm. been terrified, but. I'm incredibly brave now and so mm. desensitized that it didn't scare me too bad. No, I didn't have any nightmares. Or You're so brave. Didn't feel spooked after. Who knows if it would have scared you, though, because the ring didn't really scare you. That's true. But this is more. I don't know why it, this this just feels different. This okay. is. Mm, I don't know. I guess they're they are similar, obviously, but. I don't know. Like I said, I can't explain it. <laughs> can't explain it. But yeah, I like was afraid of scary movies at that time. And so I don't know how the ring slipped through, but I I think I was too scared to see the grudge. And I do think it would have scared me a lot more than the ring did. Well, I'm excited to hear about it. The film received one star out of four and is on Roger Ebert's most hated list, which I just thought was really? interesting. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think that our boy Raj. Um, our boy. <laughs> Sometimes it's just having a bad day and like yeah. makes wild choices on his movie reviews because sometimes he's reviewed movies and given like terrible ratings to things that are now like classics. And I can't think right. of an example right now, but I do know this is true. About, I believe you. Yeah. I believe you. Yeah. Our boy. Sometimes Our boy. he's just having a bad day. <laughs> um, I forgot to mention also that a producer on Sam Raimi is a producer on this movie. Our, our, other, our other boy. <laughs> our other boy. <laughs> and uh, the Grudge remake, I just wanted to talk about first. I haven't seen it. I've heard it's obviously horribly reviewed. People hated it, but it has so many good people in it. And I got Ooh. really tempted in that looking at the IMDb of it. it has Andrea Riseborough in it hmm. and Jackie Weaver, who I really like. And yeah. just, the, the cast is very good. And John Cho is the main guy in it. And I like him a lot, too. And so I could see how people might have gone into it with very high expectations because it looks like it should have been good and scary. And I, now I'm like curious about how they fucked how it they up. How they messed so, it up. Yeah. yeah. So did I might it watch co- it. <laughs> did it come out during the pandemic? It came out right at the beginning. Yeah. I think it was like February 2020 that it came mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. So okay. it was. It's a weird time to think. Yeah. About. Yeah. Do we have to watch the trailer? We do. I'm st- Still, I'm very scared to watch this trailer to this day. I'm like, I this is this is one that I'm I'm nervous about. <laughs> <laughs> well, get ready. It's so happening. here it comes. Here it goes. Oh, so, maybe. Yeah. Fuck. Ew. Fuck. 
that house. I felt something was wrong. What happened there? I knew it was coming and it it's still really I screamed. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, oh. It's so scary when the part the elevator with the little creepy boy oh. passing also, through it. Did Ooh. a kid open his mouth and meow like a cat? Yeah, I laughed at that part. <laughs> no, I laughed at that part too. <laughs> also the first <laughs> second the first part the second that Sarah Michelle Geller is on the screen, I just was like, oh wow, Buffy. Like that's all I can think of. I was like, really transported back to two thousand four. She yeah, was, she was the only star that mattered at a time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you guys watch? Did you guys watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer? I did. No, but I've been thinking lately. I should watch it now. I bet I would love it now. It was too still, scary for me. I was going to say on. I'm surprised that you watched it, Henley. It was it, there was a few episodes that were really scary. I didn't watch it that much. I only okay. watched a few episodes, but actually it was one of the things in the beginning of the pandemic when Tim and I were just looking for That's like right. random shows to get into. We tried to get into Buffy the Vampire Slayer and it didn't work, but mm. we, I still watched a bunch of the episodes. It's because the episodes are like an hour long and it's the yeah. same thing every time, which we were so used to in 2000, early 2000s that was or whatever. Yeah. But right. now it's like, I can't watch 22 episodes of like the same thing happening oh my God. over a and over and over again. 22 episode hour long is Six tough. And just as I was saying that, I was like, well, Riverdale. But again, Riverdale special is the only show that matters. Uh, but also, Riverdale is like so crazy. Yeah, nothing <laughs> so is the works. same so ever. No two episodes in, in are fact, ever the same. <laughs> that to its detriment often. <laughs> it's like, what is happening? You're like, what's happening? Yeah. 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 There. Um. Well, are you guys ready to hear about this freaking movie? Let's yeah, hear I'm about it. Ready, Ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. Oh my god, the grudge. Oh my god, the grudge. Oh my god. It's the bleakest time of the year, so you know what that means. We deserve to get cozy on the couch, rewatch our favorite TikTok videos, and drink a goddamn glass of wine. If you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle, you will love our next sponsor, Naked Wines. Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like fancy packaging, big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet. So you get a box of the market's best quality wines, however often you'd like, for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County. And they've been around for 10 years and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. 
And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary, code and password too scary for $100 off your first six bottles. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So we open on some text that we saw in the trailer that says, when someone dies in a fit of rage, a powerful curse is born. The curse gathers in that place of death. Those who encounter it will be consumed by its fury. Sounds bad. <laughs> yeah, it sounds, sounds really bad. Good. I do not want to be consumed by its fury. <laughs> no. Also, if that's really true, that there's a lot of shit going around that we need to take care of. That's true. You know? yeah. A lot of stuff, yeah. A lot, lot of stuff. A lot of, lot of onrios. Mm-hmm. So then we we uh, open in, we see that we are in Japan, and we see Bill Pullman standing on a, a apartment balcony, kind of, uh, he looks a little dazed. It's early morning, we see his partner still in bed sleeping. I can't remember if they're married or not, his wife. She kind of wakes up, hears that, like notices he's out of bed, says what's going on. He looks back at her and throws himself off the balcony to his death. Oh, no. He's in the trailer a lot, too. So I'm wondering, at least I felt like he was in the trailer a lot. Mm, uh, No, it's just this little cameo. He's just in this movie just for this one, one scene. No, he yeah, he is in the movie more. Okay, okay. Cheers. You almost tricked me. <laughs> I almost got gotcha. you. I almost got gotcha. you. Um, and his name is Peter, by the way. And then we get a title sequence. And one thing I will say about this movie um, that I that is scary that I don't like is the the hair factor is high, and I don't Ooh. like hair uh, in life or in any ha- yeah. any hair that's out of the head i have a problem like cleaning my own hair out of my own drains i hate it <laughs> that's interesting it does that doesn't really bother me for some reason some people it doesn't but for me i hate it i don't like wet hair yeah <laughs> i mean i don't love wet hair but it really also i don't mind it yeah and i mind a lot of things so <laughs> i'm happy to put that on the list of things i don't mind <laughs> one time i had a plumber come when i like first moved in and so i think it was the hair from the person that lived here before Ooh, me. I don't, want, I don't like this. I don't like this. <laughs> He's going to opt out. She's opting out. <laughs> they came and cleared it out. And the plumber was like, do you want to see it? And I was like, 
no <laughs> like obviously not and I like made him not show it to me but then afterwards I was kind of curious and I was like should I have looked at it like he was <laughs> it seemed to shock even him <laughs> that's yeah uh that's what happened when I got remember I got a fucking cyst removed and afterwards they were like would you like to see? Some people really want to see. They want to like, take true. it home. I was like, get away from me. And nev- I will never look at something that was on the inside of my body. Excuse me. It's like when they give you teeth, like after they pull a tooth and they're like, give it to you. And it's like, what am I going to do with this? Yeah. Like, I don't need this. Tooth, it's like, well, I know what that is. <laughs> I've seen, seen that. <laughs> um. Well, so this opening sequence is like the titles are formed from hair. Like it's just hair swirling around the screen, forming into letters. And I was already like, yuck. (laughs) I do not like this. (laughs) Um, And then we see a, a, a woman arriving at a house at like a. We come to see that she is a, a caretaker coming to care for this elderly woman named Emma. The caretaker's name is Yoko. And Emma is basically, she looks like she maybe has a, a some sort of dementia or she's kind of catatonic. She just is sitting and staring, doesn't respond to questions. Yoko is kind of like, how are you today? Like, it's nice to see you again. Emma doesn't respond. Yoko just kind of goes around doing the cleaning um, bathing Emma and she uh, uses the phone to make a phone call and is cleaning, sweeping around the house, kind of making her way upstairs. And as she gets to the, the second floor, she hears a noise coming from one of the rooms and like a creaking noise. And she walks into the room and here's what sounds like footsteps on the ceiling, but there's no there does as far as she knows, there's no third floor. And then she hears a bang in a closet in this room and kind of slowly approaches oh, no. this closet to inspect. <laughs> and in any of these kind of scenes, I'm always like, I just wouldn't look, I don't think. I mean, maybe no, no. I would. If you heard a noise in like someone in my house, I think I would. Is it daytime? It's daytime. Yeah. More likely to check it daytime. Okay. Okay. But I do have a closet that's pretty deep. It like starts in the dining room and goes under the stairs. And Mm -hmm. I'm afraid to look in the depths of that closet even when I'm in there. I like won't (laughs) because it like turns a corner, you know, and I'll never look past that corner. That is what if someone lives there, you know? Exactly. You, you don't want to know. They can keep living there as long don't as you don't turn, find out. I don't out. want to turn that corner and make eye contact with the person in my closet. Yeah. I'd rather not know. So I guess the answer is no, I would not check. <laughs> you check to a point. To a point. Not past a corner. <laughs> well, you're not going to like what happens in this closet. <laughs> okay. So she tiptoes towards it, opens it, and um, she... Looks around, nothing is, nothing's in there, and then she sees that there is like, like a false top to this closet that oh, she boy. slides off, and we see oh, a- that I'm definitely not doing. <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm. She slides off to reveal a hidden attic. 
Oh, no. A hidden attic is worse than a regular attic. No. It absolutely is. It's it, true. Within a closet, worse. Worse. Awful. Somebody lives there for sure. <laughs> and she starts hearing this noise that's very upsetting. It's kind of like a clicking but it's like mm. someone breathing in where it's like no but they made this noise i read in some of the trivia by like with comb bristles it's like Ugh. and someone breathing in so they like compiled these noises it's very spooky and so she hears oh do you have a comb is it like that <laughs> <laughs> can you hear that a little bit it's kind of like that. <laughs> Should I keep going? Yeah, well, I can. Time. I can't really hear it. Hold on. Oh yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Spooky. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> and she hears that noise, and then kind of hoists herself up. Well, she's like on her tiptoes, like looking around this attic so just her head is there and it's doing the 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 good old 360 turning around looking each direction swiveling her head and you know something's gonna be there and i actually love you see so it's a a girl or woman with uh like long black hair black circles under her eyes, very pale skin, looks like a ghost, I guess, a ghost woman. And you see her behind Yoko before it makes the jump scare noise, which I liked because I jumped from seeing her and then it does a jump scare noise. And so it's like a one-two punch that I thought was very sneaky and it worked well for me. And then Yoko sees her and starts screaming and we just see a wide shot from further out of her uh, like legs flailing as she is pulled up into this attic. And yep, yep. Um, Does really? the Grudge Girl look a lot like the Ring Girl? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I remember similar. that being like a thick, like people saying like oh, the Grudge Girl, like that was like a probably like a popular halloween costume at a time yeah i think if you dressed up as this for halloween people would not know which one you were there we go so then we cut to uh we meet sarah michelle geller's characters name is karen and her boyfriend's name is doug uh they are uh waking up in bed they're uh exchange students kind of getting ready to go to school they are in in japan and they ju- they have a cute little relationship. They like seem like they really love each other. Um, they walk they walk to class together. Karen goes into the building that she has class in, and she gets stopped by one of her, I'm guessing, advisors or something named Alex, who's played by Sam Raimi's younger brother or cousin or something. Ooh. I forgot to fully write down this trivia, but a, he's played by a, a Ram- relative, a Raimi, <laughs> a Raimi, and. He pu- he pulls her aside and says that Yoko didn't show up for her for caring for Emma today. And can I reassign this case to you? And this mm. is going to be her first case. She's this is like what she's been doing. She's been volunteering at this place, but hasn't had her own 
case assignment yet. So she seems a little nervous and he's kind of like, don't worry, like you'll, you'll be great. Um, uh, and gives her Emma's file and sends her off to go do that. He's like, yeah, I don't know. Yoko is not answering. I'm, she must be sick or something and sends Karen on, on her way. And as Karen is, uh, making her way through the streets of Tokyo, she seems very like fish out of water, uh, is like struggling to read the signs and the maps and has to uh, ask for help. But looks like she's, she's like making a good effort. She speaks, um, a decent enough, enough Japanese to get by and, um, eventually makes her way to fi- finds the house and sees that Yoko's bike is still outside. Oh God! And Don't go inside. <laughs> Turn around. And knocks on the door. There's no answer. Knocks again. Rings the bell. No answer. She tries it, and it's unlocked. And she goes in, and it's very messy inside. There's like chip wrappers everywhere, trash on the floors, and chairs are knocked over, and. She looks toward Emma's bedroom and a hand smacks the window and it's a jump scare. And she like runs to open the door and it is Emma who has fallen out of bed. She has wet the bed and Mm -hmm. has like clearly been trying to take care of herself as best as she could. Um, Mm -hmm. And... Karen, you know, runs to, it's like, oh my God, quickly starts to clean her up, bathes her, starts doing laundry, cleans up the house. Um, and again, is kind of talking to her like, I'm Karen. I mean, I'm subbing for Yoko. Um, Emma's not, not speaking, not responding. And she goes um, upstairs. She's kind of cleaning uh the rest of the house and again here's a noise coming from that same room no and she goes into the room and sees the closet is completely taped up like every corner of it has been it's like taped closed with duct tape and she hears a cat meowing inside of it and she looks confused and starts peeling the tape off to try to get this cat out. And wait, so Emma taped the closet? I think or? so. I th- okay. I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so she oh she rips off the tape, gets the closet open, and sees a little notebook sitting on the floor of the closet. Picks up the notebook, and as she's kind of thumbing through it, this cat meows at her from the side frightens her scares her and she jumps back and sees that not only is there a cat there's also a little boy sitting kind of curled up in the corner of this closet oh boy she falls backwards completely freaked out and then we cut to her downstairs on the phone with alex saying you know, there's a little boy here. I don't know who he is. He's he won't. He's not speaking. Like, um. Oh, and one of the things that Alex had told her when he assigned the case to her was that her daughter-in-law takes care takes care of her too. Um. Uh. Takes care of Emma mm. too. That she's usually there, and she should have been back by now. And so, um, Karen is saying to Alex, like, 
the daughter-in-law's not back yet. I, I don't know where they, where they are. I don't know what to do. Like, just get here as fast as you can. I don't know who this kid is. I don't know what to do with him. So Alex is on his way. Karen opens up the journal that she found and finds a picture of Bill Pullman. Ooh, the mystery deepens. <laughs> and she also finds a pic, a picture of a family of three, a mom, a dad, and a son. And the son looks like the little boy that she just saw in the closet. But in this photo, the mom's face is ripped out. And the photo's crumpled and actually looks like maybe it was even torn up and taped back together. And... As she's looking at this, she sees the little boy is now on the staircase, kind of peeking his head through the stair banister. And she looks up at him and in Japanese says, like, hello, my name is Karen. What is your name? And he tells her his name is Toshio. And right as he says that, the phone rings and scares her and she runs into the other room to see to try to answer the phone. But um, the phone is off. The, she was using her cell phone earlier to talk to Alex. This is the house phone now ringing and she tries to answer it, but it's off the hook and she doesn't know where it is. So she, it just goes to voicemail. So she hears the voicemail and it is from someone named Susan, who is apparently another child of Emma's who's saying like, hey, Michael, it's Michael and Jennifer. It's Susan. I'm just calling to check in on mom, seeing how you guys are doing. And um, I'm a little worried, like, give me a call back. And as Karen is um, listening to this voicemail, we see a shadow just cross behind her in the hallway. And it's really creepy. Wait, Michael and Jennifer are, who so are they? Michael the, is the daughter-in-law, I yeah, guess. Michael son is her son and oh, okay. Jennifer is the daughter-in-law. We, don't, we haven't met them yet. So it's meant to be a little confusing at this point all right then we hear some some kind of moaning and mumbling coming from emma's room like emma's maybe talking to herself or something so uh karen goes in and kind of goes to her her bedside and she's like what's what what is it what's going on and emma is looking up at the corner of her bedroom looking scared wide-eyed just staring at this one spot, like not looking away from this specific spot in the corner of her room. And then Karen kind of eventually gets her attention is like, what's what's going on? What are you what's what's wrong? And Emma d eventually turns to look at her and says, I just want her to leave me alone. And it's the first thing she said. Um, and as she is looking at Karen, they're looking at each other. We see in the background that same corner of the room, hair starting to drip down oh, no. from the ceiling. Ooh, and it's like this big web of hair forming in the corner. Ew. Ew. <laughs> and it eventually forms into the same woman we saw earlier. Um, I'm actually going to look. What was her name? Just so we can refer to her as something. Her name is Kayako. Um, and so it forms into Kayako and she sweeps down and Emma sees her first. Emma is completely terrified, looks like shocked and stunned and kind of falls backwards. And Karen turns 
and Kayako comes in Karen's face and kind of makes a scary, screamy, that same kind of like noise and it cuts to black. Um, And then we go back in time, seemingly not too far back in time, but to when this family bought this house. So we see Emma and her two children, Michael and Susan, and Michael's wife, Jennifer, who's Clea Duvall. Mm-hmm. Um, we see them coming and touring the property to considering buying it. And they're being led around with a realtor, um, looking around like they like it. And the mom immediately, Emma immediately like goes into that room and stares in the corner. <laughs> stares in, like up into the corner and Michael says, mom, what's, what's, what's wrong? What's up? What are you looking at? Um, and she just, again, won't answer and is just staring at this corner. And we see downstairs, they, the, the realtor has kind of separated from them. They're kind of walking around viewing it on their own. And the realtor is down, notices the downstairs bathtub is filled with water. And he looks annoyed and kind of walks up to it, reaches in to try to pull out the bath plug. Anytime anyone in a horror movie reaches into water, I just don't want to know what happens after that. It's never good. And it's not good this time either. (laughs) (laughs) And he reaches in and we see a small hand grab him and (laughs) a face emerge. And it is the little boy again. And it scares him and knocks him backwards. And then the boy is gone and he is panting, breathing heavily as Michael comes in and sees the realtor like wet on the floor now. And Michael's just like, we'll take it. (laughs) It's like you came in and your mom is just staring at one spot and you walked into this room with this realtor looking terrified, fallen wet on the floor. But they decide to don't take ask it. any questions. We'll That's it. another thing. It's, it's, don't ask any questions. This is a house for us. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Uh, so we see them moving in shortly afterwards, bringing in boxes and unpacking. And uh, we learn that Michael and Jennifer will be living there as well. So it'll be Michael, Jennifer and Emma and Susan works and lives nearby. And Jennifer is seeming pretty stressed about being in Japan. They're all American. And she's like, I feel like I got so lost today. Nobody could help me. Nobody spoke English. Uh, She is seemingly making not too much of an effort to learn the language. And uh, I don't know, a little more doesn't really want to be there and it's clear that michael is the one that initiated this move and he's like just give it your best try please like i promise it'll it'll get better and you know is michael bill pullman no oh okay michael is william mapother and like the second i saw him i was like it's ethan from lost and i don't know how i remember that i mean i guess i was into lost but i i didn't even remember 
that there was a character named Ethan, but my brain had just retained, this is Ethan from Lost. And it said it instantly. And I was like, Ethan from Lost, that's him. And then I had to look it up and I was like, I guess it is. I don't even remember what his character did or anything about him, but I know his name. Ethan from Lost. Got it. <laughs> I'm going to guess that Bill Pullman was Emma's husband. Mm. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. We'll see. We'll find we'll out. We'll find out. We'll find out. Time will tell. Um, so yeah, it seems that, um, as a, am I calling him Michael or Matthew? Michael. Michael. Okay. His name is Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those interchangeable ones. It could be either. It could be either. There's nobody named Michael. So if I say Michael, you know who I'm referring to. And that is Matthew. It's Matthew. <laughs> That's great. I'm pretty sure you've been saying Michael. The whole I time. think I, you've been saying I Michael. think I have to. <laughs> Well, All right. Wait, and remind me who Susan is again. Susan Sorry. is uh, Matthew's sister, so Emma's daughter. Okay. Okay. All right. I was All right. and she's as well. and and at the point where Sarah Michelle Geller is like in the house, Susan is where we don't know. She's the one who called. She's the one who left a voicemail. So you're the one who left a okay. So got she it, doesn't got live okay, there, but she comes by sometimes. She works nearby, but but Matthew and Jennifer live there, and they were got supposed it. to be home. And they're not. And now we're back in time and seeing this happen. And it's clear that Matthew was the one that wanted to move here. And Jennifer is just kind of she is going to be taking care of Emma while Matthew's at work and stuff. But then they've also got Yoko as added help. He like mentions like you can like Yoko's here to help you or Yoko will be here to help you. And then we see Jennifer taking a nap on the couch. I guess a you know a day later or so, Michael's at work and sorry, Matthew. fuck Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> and I've because I've said it too many times now, and now it's, it's default in my head. And as she's sleeping, we hear a little wet footsteps running oh no. it shouldn't it was a, a wet footstep is worse than a dry footstep i think <laughs> yeah yes. <laughs> and it wakes her up and she turns to look towards emma's room and we see that there's a big mess again there's a bowl of ramen overturned and more trash on the floor and she's kind of approaching emma like emma what happened and then sees small child-sized footprints run have run through the the ramen spill and so she sees that and is like well that's not emma's footprints and starts kind of following the footsteps upstairs and she peeks around the corner of the staircase and sees a black cat at the top of the stairs and looks confused and as she's staring at it two hands come and grab the cat and totally scares her and she yells who's there who is that and doesn't answer but you still hear you know the meowing and more footsteps and she's somebody's up there and she slowly goes up to investigate <laughs> don't do it don't do it and as she gets to the top she she opens a door to um that same room and we just see her go in slowly inside and then the door slams behind her. And then we cut to Matthew coming home that evening 
And he comes inside, sees how messy the place is, kind of like, what's going on here? Goes to Emma's room, says, Mom, are you okay? What's going on? Where's Jennifer? And um, his mom doesn't say anything. Emma doesn't say anything and is just kind of pointing in the direction of upstairs. And Matthew um, starts looking for Jennifer for his wife and starts walking upstairs and goes into their bedroom and she is laying in the bed and he says, oh, thank God, Jennifer, I didn't know where you were. And as he gets closer and turns the light on, he sees that she is just completely like frozen in fear. Her eyes are just wide and looks like she is in shock and she's just breathing like, Oh, that's really scary. With her eyes just wide, staring at the ceiling, he he runs to her. It's like Jennifer, Jennifer, I'll call an ambulance. Like, what's what's happening? What's going on? And as he is at her bedside, the little boy pops up on the other side of the bed, opens his mouth, lets out a big old cat meow. <laughs> what? <laughs> the cat meow thing is really strange. I mean, I think it is scary. I guess, but it's also funny. <laughs> It's funny. It's more funny than anything else. <laughs> it's certainly not as scary as the uh, that. Like, but seeing someone in sh- in shock, like scared and in shock like that, is very scary. Mm-hmm. And Matthew stumbles back. Oh, and he leans back against the closet and hears something happening in the closet, and leans his head back so he's looking up into the closet and again Toshio the little boy pops out wide mouth screams in his face cut to black big jump scare a scream or a meow a regular scream this time I think this one was maybe a regular scream Toshio's a really cute name it's a really a very cute, cute name he's a very cute boy and he's always with this little black cat and I read in the trivia I like him I read in the trivia <laughs> that this little boy was scared of cats Aww. oh no <laughs> no no he's in a horror movie and he's too scared of cats that's not okay it's a cute cat though I like a black cat and apparently in Japan black cats are supposed to be good luck they're like here they're bad luck but I like black cats. I mean, I like all cats, but I really do like black cat. Me too. Me too. Okay. So we, uh, then it cuts to black and we come back up on Alex arriving at the house that Karen had called and he, he slides the door open to Emma's room and sees Emma laying motionless and kind of comes up to her and says, Emma, Emma, and as he gets closer, realizes that she is dead. Oh, okay. And wow. it start it scares him and he kind of jumps backwards and he jumps into Karen, who is huddled in the corner of the room, now staring at the top corner of the room where uh uh what's her face? This is Kayako came from. And she is also frozen in shock and not responding. He says, Karen, Karen, are you okay? We cut to ambulance and police showing up. And we meet Detective Nakagawa, who is interviewing Alex and kind of asking what happened. And 
he says, you know, her her son and daughter-in-law were supposed to come home and I don't know why they're not here. And the detective says, we've called their work. They didn't or we've called his work. Matthew didn't show up for work today. And Alex says, you know, actually, I, uh, Yoko is supposed to be the one that was here and she's also didn't show up to work today. So it's seeming seeming bad. And so also, like, I'm wondering what the sequence of events is here in terms of timing. I was like, what's I was the- feeling confused, too. I think it's really quick. I think the flashback was literally two days like them buying the house, I think, was literally like a week ago. OK, that's what it felt like. Yeah. So okay. them not showing up to work and stuff was like because of whatever happened in the flashback. We yes. Just saw. So that's okay. I was con- confused at first because I thought we were flashing back to like a year ago and that then it doesn't make sense. But. Yeah, I think it's a very recent. They've re- very recently moved in. Okay. Um, and uh, so the detective, uh, the two main detectives on the case, but the main detective is Detective Nakagawa, and he sees that the phone is off the hook. He again, he again listens listens to the voicemail from Susan. It's kind of like clocking, like, okay, we got to talk to Susan. Uh, then sees that the phone is off the hook and presses the page button, like locate the phone. So it starts beeping and they're kind of following it in the house and we know where it's going to be. It's man. That really takes me back to 2004. You remember trying to yeah. find your home phone? Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. And your parents being like, is the phone in your room? You know, <laughs> like that, that deal. <laughs> and he follows the beeps upstairs and it's coming from inside that closet. Oh God. He opens the closet, sees the phone and notices the open roof or yeah, ceiling of the closet opening to the attic above and him and the other detective crawl up there and get completely up there climb up and are shining their flashlights around and we see Matthew and Jennifer dead holding each other in the corner of this attic. Oh God. Okay. And then uh, the other detective shines a flashlight and says, who does that belong to? And we see it is a lower human jaw. Oh, just detached from a body sitting on the attic floor extra jaw just a spare is jaw. it is it what's the state of this jaw is it all bone or is it fresh it's off fre- the face? it's fresh off the face is bloody oh yuck 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 yuck, yuck. yuck. bad Ooh, ugh. then we go to karen in the hospital um her boyfriend doug is there at her bedside comforting her saying i'm so sorry they told me what happened and she's like what did they tell you and he says, they told me that that woman died in front of you. Like, that's so horrible um, that Emma died and you were there. And she says, like, I don't even know what happened. Like, that's not all that happened. Like, something else happened. Like, I don't know what's going on. Okay, here we go. Is Doug going to be the one, the kind of boyfriend who's going to believe her and support his mm-hmm. girlfriend? Or is he going to be the kind of boyfriend that's like... You're crazy. Like you've just oh, gone honey, through you're something just in hard. Shock. Oh, you poor thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. this has been tough for you. I can tell. It's 2004, so I'm gonna guess bad boyfriend. Mm. You might be. We'll see. You might be surprised. 
Doug might surprise us. <laughs> um, and then we cut to Susan. Uh, we meet Susan, who is at work in Tokyo, again, making a phone call from her desk, calling uh, Matthew, saying, I'm getting really freaked out. Can you call me back? No one notified her that they found her brother and he's dead. I think they're trying yeah. to call her. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't make because she has a cell phone. She's calling them on a cell phone. But maybe she didn't leave the cell phone number on the message machine, on the voicemail. Maybe. I just feel like, hey, officers, if you come to the home and you find the mother, the brother and the wife dead, <laughs> you tell the sister. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they are like, we got to go find her. They're, that's, on, they're, that's for sure on their to do list. <laughs> so let's give them the benefit of the doubt and say they, could, they didn't have the phone number. So they have to physically go to her. But they should know where she works. I think they're, they're cops. They should fucking have been able to figure it out. Um, so we see she's leaving the voicemail and she says, call me back on my on at, on my cell phone. I'm going home now. And she packs up her stuff, starts leaving work. And as she's leaving, it's like an empty office build, a big like skyscrapery building and empty nighttime and she walks out into the hall and some of the lights are out at the end of the hall. So it's like very dark at the end of the hall and just looks scary. And she gets spooked and just gets like a shiver and walks in the other direction and then starts running. She kind of hears, I think, that the croaky noise and starts running oh, no. for the stairwell. And as she gets in the stairwell, the croaky noise is louder. So she's hearing like, uh, that's pretty good Ooh, that's pretty much what it sounds that was like. really that was good scary i wouldn't <laughs> want to hear really it really fucking scary <laughs> um and she's hearing that coming from below the lights are flickering in the staircase now and it's she's super freaked out and she looks down the middle of the spiral of the staircase and sees um a woman kind of climbing up the staircase oh, no. on her hands and knees and her skin no. looks all white with her like veins coming through like a little corpsey looking and she's freaked out and immediately runs out of the staircase but her key gets caught in the door and she's trying to like rip herself it's like a key card attached to her belt so she's trying to like rip it out and she breaks the key off and falls oh, backwards God. and uh, as she does and the door is closing the um Kayako's face like just peeks through the door the doorway at her and doesn't like lunge at her or anything just looks at her <laughs> like wide eyes and she screams and runs um and she runs into the security office of the building and speak there's one security guard on duty and she's basically like in Japanese saying on the something on the 10th floor something help please help on the something on the 10th floor and the security guard like calms her down, sits her down, and is like, I'll go check it out. And she watches him on the surveillance footage as he goes up to where she told him she just saw someone. He opens the door and goes inside, and the door closes behind him. And she's just watching this empty hallway. Oh, no. Like, on the edge of her freaking seat. <laughs> And he comes back out and seems fine and starts walking back to where she is. And she does a big old fuf, leans back in her chair. Oh, and no. then something catches her eye in this same hallway, which is now empty. And it looks like just kind of black 
smoke or something, maybe hair, hair (laughs) (laughs) is coming out from underneath the door that he was just in and it gets bigger and darker and forms into the shape of a woman and starts walking and the camera's like the surveillance camera's flickering and uh, glitching and she's just approaching closer to the camera and Susan is like fuck this I'm out of here grabs her shit and just runs and leaves the building (laughs) yeah honestly fair yeah yeah fair but also unfortunately this is not a location centric haunting this seems to be a person specific haunting it does seem to be yeah so Susan uh, you need to find a demonologist straight away Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) straight away so she she bolts for her home and she call uh she gets into her apartment again she's in like a little skyscraper building and it doesn't matter i don't know why i said that. <laughs> i like i also like how you're calling it a little skyscraper building like it's, it's a, a tiny little, little it's a tiny one it's just a little one no, it's a big a little super super tall building <laughs> um and she goes inside and panicked gets into her apartment locks the door and sits on the couch. She's kind of out of breath and looking around. And then her cell phone rings and it's Matthew. And she answers it and she's like, Matthew, thank God. Like, where have you been? And he says, I'm downstairs. Um, right, right. And she says, okay. He says, what floor are you on again? Like, what's your number? She oh. says his, her, her apartment Don't. number. And she says, I'll buzz you in. And she no. presses the little buzzer <laughs> and hangs up. <laughs> and the second she hangs up, there's a knock at the door. Like he's just instantly there. And she's like, what the Hey, fuck? ghost, play it cool, man. <laughs> yeah, just to make it a little more believable. If you're pretend to be a human, at least put a little more effort in. <laughs> Um, but Susan walks over and looks in out the, the peephole and it's Matthew and she's like, opens the door. It's like, Matthew, what the, and he's gone and she's scared again and looks down at her cell phone, which rings again. Matthew answers it. She runs back Get in her apartment, locks the door and jumps right in her bed. She's so freaked out. And she's breathing heavily in the bed. And then at the foot of the bed, something moves and she looks down and there is a big lump of a person sized lump at the foot of her bed. <laughs> in her bed move, with her? In her bed with her, moving <laughs> upwards towards her. Her eyes get big and wide. She's terrified and she lifts up the sheets. And there is Kiyako. Facing her, going, and it pulls her down into her bed, and she disappears. Very similar to the the Nightmare on Elm Street, Johnny Depp being sucked Mm, into the mm -hmm. bed scene, I thought. Mm -hmm. This is a scene that Caroline, I I remember talking about on the witch episode. She's like, not even your your bed is safe. That's right. Yeah, that's so scary. Fuck. Oof. Um, then we see Detective Nakagawa is uh, at Karen's hospital room, kind of talking to her, 
interviewing her about everything that happened. And he shows her a, the, the picture of that she had found of the, the mother, father and son. And she confirms like, yes, that's the little boy that I saw. And Detective Nakagawa looks a little confused by that. And he says he t he tells her that they found Matthew and Jennifer um, in the attic. He says it seems that Matthew killed Jennifer and then killed himself. Mm -hmm. And sure. as they're having this conversation, the other detective pulls Detective Nakagawa out and, and tells him that they they went to Susan's apartment um, and she wasn't there. But he said the weird thing is that it, the apartment was locked from the inside, like it had the chain lock on from the inside. So it looks like she came home, but she's not there. Mm. And we know why that is. Yeah, <laughs> she's know in her why bed. That is. Did you check inside her bed? <laughs> Did you check in the depths of her bed? <laughs> Perhaps the portal between her bed and whatever spirit realm? Um, yeah, there is. that's you where it there? is. Did you check all the portals? <laughs> Did you check the bed portal? <laughs> that is existing. A, uh, oh, and the other detective at this point also says to Detective Nakagawa, kind of knowingly, you know, they were the first family to live there since the the other incident three years ago oh, that's not seems a long time like ago this, three years this, ago yeah this other incident seems to be an important incident. important incident is bill pullman yeah. the, the dad in this picture with the boy mm -mm. where is bill pullman <laughs> i know i know <laughs> um then uh, we see doug taking karen home and they're on a bus on their way home and uh, she's, you know, just telling him more that she's super freaked out and something felt really wrong inside of that house. He's kind of comforting her, has his arm around her. And she says, yeah, it's, it felt like something else was there with us. And she turns to look out the bus window and looking back at her as her reflection is Kayako and no. goes really loud it was a what? big jump scare it got me so good i really leapt out of my skin and karen jumps and then you know double take and it's her regular reflection again and she kind of turns to doug and is like i just i just want to go home i want to go home i like need i need rest <laughs> i've had a big day i need a place that i know will be safe no question no question my, mm -hmm. my, my bed definitely <laughs> or my bed a nice hot shower Oh, shower scene. Oh my god. If I'm up. scared of, of a ghost, the, a shower is the last fucking thing I'm doing. Certainly not alone. If I like I'm <laughs> not above, I am not above being like you're going to stand right there. <laughs> yeah. While I shower. Yeah. And you're going to you are going to make sure that I get out of this shower. Yeah. <laughs> really what I'm going to do is I'm going to be taking a bath, curtain open, you're going to be here the whole time. <laughs> you need a buddy. That's what partnership is for. Mm -hmm. a, ba a bath bath buddy. Shower if you buddy. live alone, you just don't get clean. If you have a partner, they watch you. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but she gets she hops in that shower and it's a lot like shorter of a scene than I thought. It's basically, she just clean, washes clean in her hair and reaches back. And feels another set of fingers protruding from oh, her head. Horrifying. And grabs at it a few times. It disappears. She's kind of yeah. whips around, looks around. Nobody's there with her. And that 
that's it. She's just shocked by it. They had to make it a short scene because she was allergic that's to the true. water. <laughs> it was supposed to be the rest of the movie. <laughs> They're like, in that show. Gonna, we're going to have to rewrite the, the whole third act. <laughs> make it dry. I don't know. Figure it out. Move it out of the shower. Uh, then we see Alex back at the at the uh, university little building that they were in in the beginning and kind of finishing up his work for the day leaving the building it's again empty nighttime just him and as he packs up his stuff and heads down the stairs this is a movie about the dangers of um overworking yourself yeah, yeah working yeah. late working no, late can't is not too, okay can't work don't be late. the last one to leave your office Mm-mm. no don't do that and he sees yoko walking in the front door of this building and she is mm. walking what's her jaw like well we can't see yeah. her jaw just yet <laughs> her head is tipped forward so you can't see her face at all kind of her hair is hanging in her face she's looking pretty slumped and she's slowly kind of sliding her feet along walking very zombie like and she is pouring blood there she leaves a blood trail where she goes and alex notices this kind of reaches down and sees that it's blood and is like yoko yoko are you okay are you okay and she just walks past him walks down the stairs maybe to where her office was and he follows her at the uh, and he's at the top of the stairs and he slips in her blood and she turns to face him and he again says yoko are you okay and she finally looks up and we see no lower jaw just uh just a gaping hole and she does a little scream also and and he screams and it's very scary and cuts to black very scary (laughs) i feel like if someone is dripping so much blood that you slip in it you don't have to ask them if they're okay. Right. Don't like follow yeah, them down okay. the hall. Just call nine one one. Absolutely not. No, I'm not okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's a safe bet. That's a safe bet. I doubt that would have even helped him in this scenario, though. I don't think there was coming out of this for him. No, probably not. Uh, then we get a freaking research montage. I feel like it's been a while Ooh. since we've since we've had Ooh. one of these. Check it off your bingo. <laughs> Love a research montage. Who's doing Karen's the research? Karen's doing the research montage. She is oh, she is Karen. hooked in this mystery now and it's got to figure out what's going on. She's researching the family that died in this house. That's what she has learned from the detective. Um, who is this little boy? Who is this mom? And finds an article about them. And it seems that the husband killed his wife and child and then himself in this house and but one child wait or is kyoko not a child kyoko's, the kyoko's not a child wife. she's the wife the, or the woman the i'm assuming yeah. she's oh, she just looks much for more girl ish when she's a ghost because she's a... oh okay sorry i was confused for some reason i thought both of them were children i don't know why i thought that this well, whole time kids are creepy and creepy ghosts could have been a kid <laughs> could have been a kid thought could've it was a kid. kid okay could've got it kid. got it got it um and as Karen is looking at this newspaper, she sees a photo of Bill Pullman in the same issue. Right below, this man jumped off a balcony, news the same day. 
The same day this murder suicide mm-hmm. happened. The morning, but a different... the morning after, yeah. So it was printed okay. in the same newspaper. So she sees it right next to each other, and she has rec- recognizes this man from the photo in the diary that she found. And mm. so she's onto something here. We got a good clue. We got a good lead. Mm. And we see Detective Nakagawa at his office. That, oh, he had previously asked for the surveillance tapes from Susan's work and home because now she's missing as well. And he pops in that surveillance tape. We see what we saw earlier, but extended because Susan ran away really quickly. So we see um, Kayako moving closer and closer towards the camera. And Detective uh, Nakayaga, again, working way too late by himself in a big empty building. No! (laughs) And she gets closer and closer to the camera until the camera is completely black. And then two eyes just open really big in the in the screen and he kind of stumbles backwards and then the screen goes back to normal and he's kind of looking around. He's all freaked out. Um, And we cut to Karen leaving her apartment early the next morning. Uh, She leaves a note for Doug saying, I've got some I've had to do something. I love you. I'll be back. And she goes to speak to uh, Bill Pullman's widow. And finds her apartment and knocks on the door and is like, I'm, I'm sorry, I have some questions about your husband. Like, would you mind talking to me? And the woman shows her all is like happy to talk about him. He's like, yeah, this is photos from our first date. He was so great. And is kind of showing her all these photographs of them together. And Karen notices in the background of every single photograph is the same woman. And... She's looking at her one at a time, and we um, come to figure out that it's probably Kayako. Um, as like a regular woman? As a regular woman. Not ghosty. Not ghosty. Okay. This is an alive and woman. She's just, and she's just in all these photos. And the wife hasn't noticed this? I guess not. <laughs> she's usually pretty... She's very much in the background. She's not like right next to them. She's. It's like there'll be... 10 people in the background it's like him at the university he was a teacher at this at the same university okay but yeah she's in all of them um and then as she realizes this it cuts to another flashback we see bill pullman um peter as a teacher at his place of work he's going through his locker and one of his coworkers comes up to him and hands him a stack of mail. And he's like, you got another piece of mail from this lady, Kayako. And Bill Pullman's kind of like, she says she was one of my students, but I don't remember her. Like, this is so weird. Why does she keep writing to me? And he looks at the address on the letter and decides he's going to go visit her and figure out why this woman is writing him so many letters. What do the letters say? I don't know. We don't see them. It seems like okay. we should have seen them. I I do. I have the same yeah. question. <laughs> uh, but he goes, he finds the house and he sees Toshio kind of looking out the window with a, he's got a cut on his face and a bandage on his chin. And he looks really sad. And Peter pushed like opens the door and goes in and he knocks and nobody answers. And he goes in and he wants to help this little boy. And he goes in and finds the little boy in 
the bath bathroom near the bathtub kind of half hanging into the bathtub water and pulls him out and um the little boy just looks really sad and the cat's there too and he like pulls he pulls them both out and takes them into the living room sits them down is like where's your where are your parents um uh Toshio's not responding and he's just i guess going to wait there for his parents to return and he's kind of looking out the window um looking to see if they're coming back and we see Toshio behind him his mouth open real wide and let out a big meow. Oh no. <laughs> and he like doesn't even react to this. Peter doesn't react. He's like, oh, the cat's meowing. <laughs> doesn't even turn around. Okay. He's still looking out the window. Oh, sure. Um, then we see, we go back to Karen, who is, find, finds Detective Nakagawa to kind of give him this new information that she found this photo of Peter who died the morning after the family was killed. And this is the photo that she found in the diary. And detective Nakagawa says, I don't think that he committed suicide. Um, Three years ago, my colleagues were investigating those those murders that the deaths at that house and two of them died and one of them disappeared and i've never seen any of them again and he kind of explains the curse the onryo curse and or and says you know when when someone dies in a in a rage or in deep sorrow death stays with that place and death becomes part of that place and there's no escaping it. And Karen's kind of like, well, I've been in that place and so have you. So we need to fucking figure this out. And Detective Nakagawa is looking a little defeated at this point. And it looks like Karen's got a little more uh, fire and will to kind of solve this mystery. And uh, then we see Detective Nakagawa back at his, in his office at his desk looking through photos of him with what we presume are the colleagues that died and look like they were all good friends he's looking really sad um and scared that this is also after him now and he decides that he's going to go burn the house down so we see him getting some jugs of gasoline and going into the house and as he goes in, he hears a little boy crying. And so he sets oh, down God. his jugs of gasoline and goes into the bathroom. And we see uh, Toshio drowning in the bathtub. And oh. he reaches in, pulls him out and tries to save him. And as he does, we see a man behind... um detective nakagawa and he turns and the man um i think has a, a box cutter our favorite oh. and it just cut it cuts away it the, the this movie cuts away every single time there's something like a murder happens at all and you know what? I think it's PG-13, and I think that's why. I think they wanted it to be oh. PG-13, and so it's huh. also probably why it's, like, not as scary is because it's, it's 
just yeah leaving the implication of violence without being able to really show anything too graphic okay that makes I sense think that's right interesting um so karen gets home and doug's not there and she's looking around where's doug and she sees that she has a voicemail on her uh message machine and presses it and it's doug and he says hey Karen, I just didn't know where you were all day today. Did you go to that house? He says, I'm going to go there. I'm going to see if you're there. No. No. <laughs> no. And Karen is really not pleased to hear it. She panics. She runs out of the house. Uh, we see Doug in the house going in. He is on the phone um, calling her again. And we see that old, the old shadow moving behind him that he doesn't notice um we go back to karen running as fast as she can makes it to the house and she goes in and is calling doug 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 he doesn't respond and she walks up the stairs and the lighting changes from night to day and oh that's interesting Bill Pullman, and it's like she is now going into the past, and she is she is witnessing oh. the events of that day, and she's looking very confused. But she's she's following and following Bill Pullman, and we see. I mean, when you're going after a mystery and it just presents itself to yeah. you, you're gonna keep seeing what's up. <laughs> you're gonna keep seeing what's up. Mm-hmm. That's right. Thank you so much, Spirit Realm. <laughs> I would love to know the answer. Um. So she sees Peter. Um. Has gotten uh toshio kind of situated in his room and then peter leaves toshio in the room and wanders into the back room of this house and it seems like all of the family photos of the three of them uh the wife's face has been ripped out of all of them and he's kind of brushing through all these photos like all of them are um all are are the same and underneath this pile of photographs is the journal that Karen found later and he op- opens it and it is um Kayako's journal and it just is all about Peter it's like i love Peter 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 it's like a like a fifth grade girl's like notebook of just like hearts, Peter. I love Peter, Uh-oh. Peter and Kayako forever. Oh, it's very interesting. I mean, so she became obsessed with him. The husband found out, killed her and the son. Seems seems that way. But he doesn't even remember having her as a student. Yeah, I would have liked a little more backstory into how this obsession developed personally yeah um <laughs> especially that's so deeply one-sided right. like was she a student and he just doesn't remember or what happened yeah i have i have questions but yes she's obsessed with him and uh he kind of sets that down and goes over to the closet in this room and sees that all of the faces that have been torn out of the photos are pinned on the closet door so it's just like a bunch of her Ooh. little faces and he hears something and opens the closet door again finds that false top slides it aside and kayako's dead body falls out of it 
And not a ghost, her actual corpse that is wrapped in a shower curtain or something. Looks like it has been really sliced with that block box cutter. Um, very gruesome. Falls falls down on him. He freaks out, runs out of the house. Oh, he well, and again, Karen is still like following all of this and sees him open the door to the room that Toshio is in and just have a look of horror on his face and kind of stumble out, close that door. And he runs downstairs and runs out of the house, leaves the house. And Karen is still in the house and opens Toshio's door to see what he saw. And we see the father hanging and just swinging and he has hung himself. And Toshio is, I believe, still downstairs drowned in the bathtub oh and karen gets little flashes even more the spirit realm is really laying it out for her here i love it thank you spirit realm. <laughs> and so she gets even more little flashes now just shown to her and we see yes that the father found this diary went crazy ripped up all these ripped her face out of all these photos killed her and we see him grab the cat and drown the cat too and drown the son in the same bathtub and then yeah he drowns both the son and the cat in the bathtub and then hangs himself he's he's the worst he's awful and so he's the worst and so the boy that that peter was interacting with was already i think ghost that was version. already ghost version yeah yeah okay also i mean i get it it's a horror movie this is what has to happen but under no circumstances do you enter a stranger's home, see a diary all about you and them being obsessed with you, and then you keep exploring. I know. Also, I guess he killed himself so he doesn't care about being found out, but it's very funny to be like, here, she's in here. Here's all the pictures of her face. The corpse is in here. Look, look, detectives, here's the body. It's right here. This is the death closet of the woman. Here's her face. <laughs> Well, this guy clearly wasn't thinking very logically. I don't think he was thinking with a clear head. Not a clear head. No. And then it comes back to present day. Karen is up in the house and it kind of the lighting changes back to nighttime. Uh, She goes downstairs. She's still looking for Doug. Can't find him. And we see her pass a mirror and her reflection is Kayako, the ghost, the bad, bad version. (laughs) The Uh, bad one. And... She note she like notices that like from her peripheral vision that that is not wasn't right and turns to kind of face this mirror in a moment of bravery. She's kind of like like a show yourself type moment is staring into this mirror. We know something bad is going to happen. And then a hand grabs her ankle and it's Doug. And she looks down and grabs him. Doug, Doug, are you OK? Uh, he does not look OK. He looks i mean he's not no cuts or bruises or anything but he looks stunned similarly to how a lot of them have looked throughout the movie Mm -hmm. it's interesting that first the ghost just really gives you a good scare and they're like just "Just sit with that for a little bit i'm gonna come back we'll kill you then we'll kill you i'll kill you in a little bit but first you're just really gonna have a bad day (laughs) um and so she's kind of trying to get doug like figure him out and then she starts hearing something coming from upstairs and looks at the staircase and we see a hand 
come out from around the corner, a bloodied hand, and start pulling itself forward. And we see Kayako's head and arms. She is crawling down the stairs in a very kind of unnatural way. She's in her little shower curtain again, kind of bloodied, but still ghost ghosty version, crawling down the stairs. It's very scary. And... um. Karen looks very scared and it's kind of pushing away from her, kind of trying to drag Doug out of the house, but can't, isn't strong enough. And uh, as she she just tries to open a door and Kiyaku's face is right there in the door. She's a ghost. She doesn't have to be. She can go wherever she wants. wants. Yeah. (laughs) And so then, yeah, she looks back at the staircase. Kiyaku's gone. And uh, then... She looks down and Doug turns into Kayako. It's just like all of a sudden Kayako is uh, in her arms. Oh, no. And uh, she... Actually, wait. First, sorry. There's the first Kayako gets down and she crawls on top of Doug. So, so Karen can't oh. get away fast enough and can't drag Doug away fast enough and Kayako comes down and kind of gets on top of Doug and Karen is just watching in horror and she just basically lowers herself like face to face with Doug and you see Doug's face like just the color like drain out of Doug's face Mm. and his head kind of flops to the side kind of looking at Karen and Doug has died and Karen watches it and screams and is trying to get away and uh, uh and then sees uh Kayako in the door frame and then Dio- Kayako disappears for a second and she runs to Doug to try to hold him and then she's hold- holding his dead body and is looking up and looking for help and then the dead body turns into Kayako Oh, that's really mean. It's really mean. Mm-hmm. And kind of screams up at her like, Ugh. and uh, Karen sees the jugs of gasoline and is like, okay, we got to burn this fucker down. And kind of, it's close. So she has, she has like knocked, she just not reaches and knocks them over while she's kind of fighting with Kayako and gets a lighter and uh Kayako grabs her wrist to stop her from throwing it but she just drops it I mean, she spilled enough gasoline now that she just can drop the lighter and it lights on fire and the screen goes to white and again yep just cutting right at the right at the moments right <laughs> the climactic moments and then we're at the the morgue the next day and two uh doctors i guess are saying you know male in his 20s um and we were at, we were able to save the house which is great great news <laughs> but he, he didn't make it Phew. and there was one other survivor a woman and they're like how did she survive and he's like we, we're still doing our investigation like we're not sure and we see karen in a hospital gown, looking catatonic-ish, kind of walking down the hallway towards this morgue to ID Doug's body, I guess. And they let her in, 
And as she kind of slowly approaches it, the body twitches underneath. It's still under a little blanket. Mm-hmm. And a woman's hand and hair fall down from under the blanket that look a lot like Kayako's hand and nasty oh, hair. No. And she does a little double take and it is a man's hand. It is Doug's hand and she pulls it down and it is Doug. And she's, maybe she was just imagining it. And then she hears. Uh, <laughs> oh, not That one wasn't as good, but. And we see standing right behind her is Kayako, and she screams, and it zooms in on Kayako's eyes, doing her, and that's the end of the movie. Oh, my (laughs) God, those motherfuckers. (laughs) Woo-wee. Okay, I have a a nitpick, which is, wouldn't the husband be the one to come back? Because wasn't he the one really, like, enraged? That's what I was kind of thinking, too, but maybe also Sorrow. Because I think that oh, was one okay. little thing that the detective threw in was like, also, also I guess sorrow. It would depend, too, if he killed the son and cat before he killed Kayako, then that she could be rageful. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's the I was thinking that, too. So maybe she watched him. But why would he kill the kid first? That's He's not n- nice. Also, Kayako, why would he kill the kid I, at like, all? I mean, that doesn't I make get any it. sense. I get you've been you've been wronged, but also your problem's not with these people. I don't think Kayako, why? You can't I guess she has become this entity. Right, that's not her anymore. It's an evil spirit. Yeah, but there's a few more grudge movies. There's a grudge two and and a grudge three, I think. So maybe there's answers there. (laughs) There might be answers there and probably probably be dissatisfying as we know answers. In horror movies to be. to be yes but damn that would have been uh, that would have scared the hell out of me yeah i mean it, that would have scared it, the hell out of me too scared, but yeah even with the cutaways that's freaky 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 you you know what's weird though is that like still though it's the real life things that are the scariest it's like absolutely for some reason for some reason sarah michelle geller going in and seeing like the house being dirty and emma like not having like fallen out of the bed and all of that that like scares me more than kyoko scares me because it's like so sad to think about someone like not being able to take care Mm -hmm. of themselves and being alone and like trying to get help and not being able to help themselves. That's so yeah. sad and yeah. scary. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm glad we finally freaking did it. Finally freaking did the grudge. It's a big one. This is a, this is a, a horror mainstay. Yeah, it's a must see. Is that a word? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is now. Um, yeah. Sammy, thank you for walking us through that film. Now we know. Now we know. Now Emily and I can be part of the cultural conversation around Just the grudge bring that when up we and, go yes, back in time. Yes. The grudge is being talked about right now. <laughs> um, and we can participate. Mm-hmm. Just bring it up. <laughs> and then just go around to all of our friends and like, hey, remember the grudge? Me too. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Have, wait, have you seen The Grudge? It is pretty funny to out of context. <laughs> um, oh boy, well, we know what noise we got. We know a spooky noise. Mm-hmm. We know what noise. We know what noise Tony has. So, from all of us here, not too scary to watch. Goodbye. Ooh, that was spooky.
That's pretty good, I think. I think so, too. I think. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. We hope you enjoyed this special Patreon bonus release. And I know you know, but I'm going to tell you again. If you would like to join the Patreon, you can do so at patreon.com slash podcast. Tony fucking Colette's inner circles where you're going to want to be to get access to those bonus episodes. Or another way that you can support us that is super easy peasy is by subscribing wherever you get your podcasts and rating us five stars, which you can do on Apple Podcasts and now also on Spotify. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TSDW Podcast. And speaking of Instagram, next week's movie was chosen by an Instagram poll. You guys chose The Taking of Deborah Logan. So we will be back in one week with that for you. Happy New Year. We love you. Bye-bye.